Welcome to Outbound, where we talk about strategies and tactics to help you build deeper relationships with your ideal customers. On today's episode, I have Dee Acosta on with me. Dee, welcome to the show. Hey, so glad to be here, Joseph. I am a director of sales and strategic growth at Modigi. Um, recently, I was head of revenue at HockeyStack and I was at Metadata, uh, and then I was at Aberdeen for a long time. But yeah, been around, uh, excited to, um, excited for this. Yeah, so D, what is the strategy or tactic that you've seen be most effective to help you build deep relationships with your customers? Yeah, so in short, it's authenticity. You have to be yourself with your clients and confident with yourself. But longer, not too long, is really taking an all-bound mentality, is understanding what you need to do to create pipeline to create meaningful conversations and then, you know, almost obsessing over that. Uh, so that includes, you know, networking, uh, the who knows who and being able to do that. That includes social, right? Branding yourself, branding your outreach. That includes email. Um, you know, you still set plenty of meetings via email and it includes cold calling. I still set plenty of meetings via cold calling, but it, it's really, you know, it's almost a mindset, right? It's really, you know, what am I going to do? to get a meeting here. And I could go on and on about it. You know, it's something that technology, I don't think can can help with certainly, but it can't replicate. But that's really what it takes as an all bound strategy. There's no, no right answer. There's no single answer. It's just a mentality more than anything. So by all bound, um, by all bound, you mean taking different approaches to try to reach somebody. So if you're, if you have an account that you're going after, trying different things and taking different approaches until you find one that sticks and helps you book a meeting with the right person. Am I? Yeah. Yeah. Try every approach, approach, right? Send them, find somebody who knows them, uh, call them, email them, research them. What's important to them. Do they have children? Do they have, uh, hobbies? Um, you know, send a gift if necessary, but you know, at the end of the day, it's what's going to trigger that business and how can I get that? And, and some of that is is also understanding, you know, from their shoes. So, you know, there's definitely, uh, so I forget the stats, but like half all buyers are millennials or younger. <clears throat> but as you go, you know, up the seniority chain, um, you know, time, you know, it starts to switch, right? Time becomes more of the asset that is precious to them. And, you know, you have to change your messaging to that. And then also like, look, I'm 40. <laughs> uh some people grew up with the internet, so they're social first, they're, you know, digital first, they're text first. And some folks, you know, they, they did not, they still read a lot. They still read PDFs and it's being able to, they still read their emails. They still listen to their voicemails and it's being able to understand how they communicate and communicate on their terms. But it's, it's really, you know, I, I, I know a lot of people, right? I know most people in B2B SaaS, not most people, most, I know someone at most companies at B2B SaaS and like, how did I get to know them? Um, you know, it was taking an all bound strategy, uh, from my, from my desk, you know, meeting with them at events, uh, leveraging relationships and making a lot of calls, sending a lot of emails before your parallel dialers or sequencers or anything like that. But yeah, it's, it's a mentality and ABM tries to replicate it. You can't, <laughs> there's no intent data as good as a rep. Sorry about that. There's no intent data as good as a rep staring at the same hundred or so accounts every day. 
something that sticks out for me from what you're saying, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. So I'm just trying to kind of dig in a little bit more into what you're what you're talking about. So if you're trying to reach, uh, it's really getting into the mind of that specific buyer and that you're not going to get that just by taking one approach to try to reach them. In other words, you're probably going to need to build relationships with people that are around that person. And so if you talk to somebody on their team who's in operations, but ultimately the decision maker is the CEO, but you know, you end up getting on a call from networking, you know, you get an introduction to somebody who's um, their uh, chief operating officer or something like that then you're going to ask some questions and learn about what the CEO is looking for. And maybe they are somebody who's more relational and sending them some kind of a gift will be the right introduction, or maybe that'll make them upset. And you can kind of learn that as you're talking with different people that are around them versus only building relationship with the decision maker and then hoping that that's going to be enough. Yeah. And a great way to kind of scale that is industry knowledge. So there's so many tools now to learn about companies. But if you can be a uh, domain expert on their industry, that goes a long way, right? So there's certain challenges that companies have in industries. There's certain competition. There's the hot thing going on. You know, I use security, for example. You know, ransomware was hot. You know, CrowdStrike was, was a hot company. And having a fundamental understanding of that also can let you scale that. So, hey, you know, want to talk? And then you can have an educated conversation that talks, speaks to the decision maker's pains. And I'll also go back to the challenger sale. Challenger sale is a good book. You know, most sales do not start with check signer. No sale starts with a check signer, right? Unless, unless it's ransomware and they got to, you know, <laughs> have someone fix it. Yeah, it, it starts with, uh, you know, the typically manager director. And, you know, if you're talking to a, a team lead or, you know, just somebody that's been there a while and is interested, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, what... What is bad is when you're doing things that get you, you know, calls with people who don't care, right? Or, or can never buy, uh, which sometimes happens. It's pretty rare. You know, usually you're calling the right person, but yeah. And it's it's looking at, you know, who you know. So I'll, I'll just get into a story. So I'm, I'm going to jump a little bit to, um, to the story. So the biggest sale of my career, uh, I knew someone who knew someone that worked at Intel. And uh, they sat over McAfee because McAfee owned Intel. And we took him out to dinner. That was it. We took him out to dinner. And he then introduced us to the VP of marketing. And that leveraged uh, a $500,000 deal. So, you know, I didn't do anything magical. Um, but, uh, you know, leveraging that relationship, authenticity. I don't know why clients like me, but they like me. That, that helped get us there. And that was definitely an all-bound strategy. You know, that was not... That was every that was calling the the IVR and all that stuff, uh, and in, in addition to the meeting, uh, you know the the relationship there. Yeah, so it it's really taking a well rounded approach to you know what what you just described is taking a well rounded approach. You're not just going how do I get a hold of the decision maker only. You're figuring out who knows who and how can I get in front of that person. Do I know somebody who knows them? Is there a way I can get a referral in? Because way more likely, uh, and then buying dinner, you know, just going back to the classic. I mean, that's kind of how, especially in the consulting world, that's kind of how sales have always worked is you meet somebody in an event, you, you schmooze them, have them over, you know, you have them out to some fancy dinner and then, you know, you end up building a rapport with them. They trust you. Cause I think that's the big thing that what you're describing is important. Like if, if you have an SDR 
team and auto dialers and they get a hold of somebody on the phone and that's the only way that you're getting in the likelihood that that person is going to trust anybody on your team is extremely low unless there's been other interactions you know if they've seen you on in their social feed a bunch of times and they kind of know who you are and you cold call them much better chance that you're going to end up having a level of trust with them but like you're starting from a place of of distrust if you're only taking one element and people have no idea who you are and you have to build that trust and it's an uphill battle whereas if you have other ways of getting and i'm not saying you shouldn't try that or try that approach but if you have multiple irons in the fire going on at the same time where maybe you're getting introduced or you know you they see you on social and then you reach out through linkedin direct message or you know something that we do is have people on our shows that we want to build a relationship with and you know offer value by helping to promote them and what they're doing and then that opens up doors to build relationships so if you're taking these different pieces then if that person already knows you exist they're much more likely to trust you from the beginning of the conversation versus you know starting with that uphill battle yeah or or they know your brand that that can help too so um you know i was just talking creating messages with my ceo and uh, you know, Dell and HP, like they have big outbound departments, right? And and they do big deals too. Like, like let's not kid ourselves. They do really big deals. You know, EMC does owned by Dell, but they do, you know, multi-million dollar annual contracts and um, their brand is known, right? So, oh, I'm getting a call from Dell and, you know, IT firms are also notorious for, hey, you want to go to a Red Sox game? Yeah, I'm in Boston. Uh but I, I'm going to hark back to a story. So there's uh, Flexport. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're a mm -hmm. uh, really cool company. They do like modern technology for shipping. And uh, they were sued for breaking a contract. But I read how they set that contract. So Flexport hired a bigwig. And he was in Miami. He was in Florida. And the contractor came down and took him to a really fancy restaurant. And they agreed on terms right there. And it was like, you know, Miami's got some great restaurants. People don't think it was a restaurant city. It really is. And, you know, that was probably a thousand something dollar dinner. And that closed the deal. Uh, another example is Salesforce. So at least in New York, I don't know about nationwide, the stipend for uh, taking someone out is 250 per person, right? In New York, that's, that's still pretty good in New York. But like, how, is there anything better than like, hey, you know, Joseph, like if I was in town, I could spend 250 on us to, you know, would I get to know you better, right? Like, you know, 100%, yeah. yeah. And I think we're starting to see that more because there's a lot of events going on, you know, to build that relationship. Uh, but there's ways that you can do that. So I, I, I buy a lot of like gifts out of my own pocket because um, I like people, right? And it's authentic. So a friend, um, Seamless AI, they're great, great data. My friend JP there, Jonathan, is a fantastic guy. I really like the guy. Is that a prospect? Maybe we'll work together in the future, but I bought him uh, a, a qualified captain hat because he moved in Florida. It's an ugly hat, but I'm like, man, I love this guy. I got to get it for him. And, you know, there's another, you know, that goes a long way to just extending that authenticity from a, a digital realm. And, even like, like you, man, like I saw the hat, like I automatically liked you, you know, I saw the hat and I'm me you do I love it. house, you know, um, was it, was it homesteading? Is that correct? Yeah. Term, like, but... Yeah. Homesteading projects, a lot of cutting things up with a chainsaw stuff for videos. Yeah, I mean, I, I could hear about that for hours, man. Like that is so cool, but you know, that really extends that authenticity and, you know, can help 
bridge that, right? So it's, sales is, what you do, what we do is really hard right now. I don't care if you're a consultant, maybe not if you're a, 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 a you know, a fang, you know, uh, tech company, but everybody else. So we're seeing a reliance on fundamentals come back, right? So execute at every level, work with marketing, all this stuff. And we're seeing this come back too. You can't really productize a lot of sales. So, you know, try to be yourself, be confident in yourself. If you're not confident in yourself, let them know you're not confident in yourself. People get that and try to extend that relationship past, you know, a transactional sale. Um, well, cause you anyway, also don't know decision makers move, right? So oh. by the time you get through a deal, especially if you have a long sales cycle, that person who's your main point of contact might leave. So, uh, I mean, we could derail on that, so we, we don't have to go super far into that, but you know, that person could leave. And so for one, you want to be building those deep relationships with people so that they, yes. uh, I mean, with multiple people on the team, so the deal doesn't die, but also if you're building a relationship with somebody and it's gone beyond the transaction, when they move wherever they're going, they're really likely to try to bring you in. And if they are new into the mm -hmm. position, they're actually positioned a lot of times really well to you know, bring something new in and kind of come with fresh ideas and, uh, you know, and all of that. So it could be great. Uh, yeah. Great to build those relationships. I posted that, Hey, if you have sales cycle, that's over six months, you will lose a key stakeholder. And typically it's somebody on your side. It's not the guy that the person that didn't want you. So absolutely, man. And tact, tact, very tactfully prospect your, your stakeholder, the person against you, the person for you and try to build that. Yeah. You nailed it. Especially big consulting clients. Like they're going to, you know, someone's going to get plucked from that organization and you know, they'll, they might take you, but that's going to take time. You yeah. steal that you spent half a year on. So great point, man. Yeah. So uh, let's keep these last two questions pretty tight. Cause we're at 15 minutes right now. And, uh, but I love, I love some of these things you were sharing about. So uh, the first one is, give me just like two or three points that somebody could take away who's listening to this episode to start taking a more all bound approach. Yeah. First point is stay up to date on your market. So learn as much as you can. There's a ton of free resources, ton of thought leaders right now I'm selling to, uh, you know, sales leaders. I, I'm a salesperson, but when I sold to marketers, I was on, every industry newsletter, you know, a marketer and security, you know, following all the thought leaders, uh, AI is such a great resource now, perplexity AI and ChatGPT is really good at discovery. Um, the second one is if you're uncomfortable with a channel, try it, just do it, just do it because your competition is using that channel and you, you can't, let's say, for example, your buyer, you know, senior director at, Pick on John Deere again. He listens to every voicemail. Doesn't read emails. You know, his secretary does it. Uh, you know, he's never on LinkedIn. Um, he goes to one event a year and everybody meets with them. But he, he listens to his voicemails, right? If your competition's calling and leaving a mm -hmm. voicemail, you're at a disadvantage. The third, and no one's going to want to hear this, is you have to be neurotic. <laughs> so I, uh, we talked about user gems. Um, I love user gems. This is not a knock to them. But I would notice job changes two months before user gems. I went to our uh, our head of RevOps, brilliant, brilliant guy. This was at Metadata. Sam's brilliant. 
He's like, D, that's bringing most of our revenue is the you know job change tracking and new people and people, customers. And I'm like, oh, what is our sales team doing that they're taking two months to find that out? Mm-hmm. Um, you need that, you know, so I'm not trying to plug, well, did you, we're going to do something there soon, but you know, you have to be neurotic and um, get a good therapist and good hobbies <laughs> to make up for that, you know, have good family. Um, but yeah. That's hilarious. So you, so if you're going to really succeed in all bound, you've got to be slightly, if not really obsessive about yeah. making the sale. <laughs> just making the sale, like knowing where the opportunity is, understanding your customer, right? Like you, you do that, you know, your. we talked about this before, you know, your customer. And that's something that you can't be lazy on no matter where you are in your career or how, mm-hmm. how ahead of plan you are. Um, so, yeah. So with that, let's, let's roll into what is the, what's the wildest thing that's ever <laughs> happened to you in your sales career? So uh, we talked about this. I, I, tons of dumb things, taking calls on the Excella, uh, zooms on the Excella. I was engaged, cut through my engagement week, <laughs> you know, to take a call. Um, what else? Uh, I told you I was on a, a, a yacht and I took a call and had star like it didn't work well. Um, but what really sticks out is I was at RSA conference, huge security conference, you know, 15,000, everybody caught COVID this year, this is 2021. And I was starting to get sick and I took a call from my phone. And I think the moral of the story is, look, we need to be comfortable with, you know, we're on, on show. We need to be comfortable with this, right? What we're doing as much as we can. So next time, Hey, if the Wi-Fi is not going to be good, uh, if I have so many stories about the Wi-Fi being bad, um, <laughs> if you're going to be like physically uncomfortable, um, you know, don't, don't do it. You know, that's di- like, if kids are running in, I don't know if you have children, that's kind of different. People love kids. Like I've been on calls with teenagers. Uh, I had my cleaning yeah. lady come in, like walk in one time, <laughs> but I could still maintain my, my sphere. Um, so yeah, but, uh, it's tough, right? It's a balance. Try to balance, you know, lean it towards, hey, be in your comfortable spot uh, mm. with the prospecting, et cetera, not with the meetings, et cetera. So just making sure that you're in a place when you go to take a call, make sure you're in a place that you're going to be <laughs> successful at it. And it's not going to be so distracting that that you end up losing the opportunity over something stupid. Yes. You don't have a runny nose. You're not on your phone. The parking attendant is knocking on your window, <laughs> making sure you're, you're not a, a thief or something. Yeah. D thank you so much for joining no problem, me on the man. show today. Really appreciate it. You had some really great insights to share. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, Joseph, thank you. You're stuck with me. You've got a friend for a long time, <laughs> but uh, I look forward to seeing more and more of these. <laughs>